No, I know. It's not actually lunch, Noah. I know. Oh, my God. Noah's got his head on the table. Oh, Noah sat up. I'm just tired. Sir, excuse me. Could you? I was like so tired. I'm like very Bored tired today. I yeah. need to grade papers, but I'm so tired. So this is I'm doing this to try to energize myself. Yeah. Because I just sat through student panels, which are great and amazing, but sometimes very draining. Yeah. Because it's like they're not always interactive presentations. You know? No. Sometimes they're. It's like death by PowerPoint. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah. I died by PowerPoint. Yeah. No, sometimes they're amazing and you do great questions. I had so much fun with my advisees this morning. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. Ecological, social, yeah. environmental disasters. Yeah. And the way empathy is important to understand the oil crisis in Nigeria. Yeah. And like really good conversations. Yeah. But while they presented to me, they were just kind of reading information. I was like, yeah, let's yeah, get through yeah, let's this. Go, so we could just go, like chat go, with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, welcome to Lunch Break Society. I'm Brendan. I'm Noah. All right, that was theme music. We have no special guest today because we were going to have one, hopefully, but he's not here. Mm-hmm. Brian. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, we can't say his name. Can't say his name. We're going to beep that out. That's fun. Yeah, though. I don't know. I just, well, he's never agreed to be on this show. That's true. But we, what, he's, he's, Mystery, never, he's never agreed to have someone speak his name. True. <laughs> yes. Seems, it seems a little bit. Hey, man, you're, I was just talking to my advisor this morning. Your name is your brand. Mm. And as... Michelle Obama said, your name is your bond, too. No, your word is your bond. Michelle Obama was not the first person to say that. Yeah, fine. But my point is Melania Trump wasn't either. Yeah. Remember what? She, played, she, she said? plagiarized the whole Michelle Obama speech. Oh, I knew that, but I didn't know she said something your like... Your word is your bond. She's... Oh. Uh, yeah, that's like a big central p- point. I didn't know that that was the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That was a I really thing. like... I like her... Melania Trump's campaign is be best. Be best. Be best. Not the best, not that, better, be best. That's like more awkward than like slow dancing with your grandparents naked. <clears throat> wow. Okay. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather slow dance with my I dead grandparents naked yikes. I don't than know be the, the author of Be Best. I don't know about the naked part. I just, But I think slow dancing with your grandparents, yeah, it would be. It's not that awkward. Is, is it not? Slow dancing with your grandparents? What do we think about father-daughter dances? Horrible. Right? With, like, children? I hate all of that shit. Purity rings. Well, there's a difference between, like, father-daughter dance with a five-year-old daughter and with a 13-year-old giving her a purity ring, taking a weird photo. Are you asking me if there are situations where fathers and daughters could dance together in public where it's okay? The answer is yes. Weddings. It's fine. But what I'm saying is is that, to me, I connect it very quickly to this antique sense of ownership over one's daughter yep. from a father. You know, yeah. Do you ever see the meme on the internet that makes me laugh? Well, and then by a husband, which I'll get into in a minute, which meme it's like, it's like, Welcome uh, to describing memes. it's, it's something like, it makes me laugh. It's something like if anyone tries to come by my daughter and like, yeah, bring her on a date, I'm going to get real mad and make her, let her make her own decisions. So she can come to her, her own ideas about sexual health. And like, it's like, it sounds like it's going to turn it's into beautiful. And I love it. Yeah. What are you doing? Brenda just left. Cause he doesn't care about this podcast. And he's yelling at a student. I was yelling at a student cause she has to give me a paper. And I saw her pass by and, mm-hmm. and then you were like, she keeps on passing no, me you know by. What? You know what really bothers me? What? Things like, and I don't know the full context of the thing, but in the Regents this year, I read the whole Regents test, ELA. Yeah. It was fine. Was it like Thoreau or some shit? Like that? No, it wasn't actually. It was actually, I thought there were things that they could do. But one yeah. of the passages was from a book called The Zookeeper's Wife, mm. 
And it was all about this woman mm. whose name is Jan, and she had incredible empathy for the animals, and she really understood them, and she like did all this work with them and stuff. Why was it called the zookeeper's wife? Why is she the wife of the zookeeper? Because he owned the zoo and she couldn't? She was clearly way better than him. Well, like, when was it set? I don't know. No, I think it's oh. a nonfiction study. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that answer. I just think, I just think that, like, women are too often described as wives and mothers and not as just people themselves. I mean, this is not a revolutionary. But the majority of history is not a revolutionary. property. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I'm saying I think this continues, though, a little too much. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I think there's two – a lot of – um, well, I don't know. I think also we're. I think it wasn't just women. I think I think there, that ideas about people being property was sure. kind of somehow knit in with women being property, and so now that all of those bonds have been loosened, we still are just dealing with like the cultural the ramifications of the like shit. not being able to own yeah. people. It's like we pop, we lance to the boil, but there is still pus. Wow! Thank you, thank you, metaphor. everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's the end of this podcast forever because, <laughs> like, that was the most profound thing either of us is likely to say. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I just – I think – I always think that, like – It's also, like, like people pointed this out before. Obviously, like, we're Somebody said something amazing. Some quote about there's an ecology of everything, especially bad ideas. Okay. And I love that. And Wait. I think – Pounders, go look up who said that. I don't know. But the idea is that, like, we, we kind of tend to think that, like, when you have an idea, we believe something. Like, we believe the earth is flat and that at a certain point. And then we discover that it's round. And then we kind of assume that the flat earth model is going to go away. But it doesn't because uh, we're very weird yeah. creatures, humans. Yeah. And we kind of keep around bad ideas. I think because... Well, okay. No, I don't know why. Let me I don't know exactly why. Is it because bad ideas are in some way appealing? Well, that's definitely a part of it. Like they make sense? Or is it just because like – Well, I would say any is idea – healthy skepticism that no. when someone tells you the world is round, you're like, but maybe it's not. No, because that would be like the null position. Can I tell you something? Like the null position is a good thing to have, right? I wish I could take my shoes and socks off right now. My feet are so wet. Yeah. But my feet also sweat a lot, so it's smell really bad. So that's probably a bad idea. I mean I'm not I'm – not, I'm not going to coach you on your foot health. I'm being respectful of you yeah. and not taking my shoes off. Yeah, but I think you'd be within your rights. Yeah, It's just me and my room. Keep me in your boots then. No, Text. wait, what? I thought I was supposed to take them off, especially because I'm... I can't. I really can't decide. I'm just saying, if I take them off and you're like, your feet smell bad, then it's not my fault. Yeah. yeah. But it will so be. Wet. It will be your Is this a bad idea, though? I don't really know. Is this the ecology of bad ideas? Is ecology of bad ideas? No, but like, I mean, okay, what's... Yeah, I threw you off. We were trying making to, some sort of point trying to think of like, I, I see a lot of that. Like, like people, oh, 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 like... Um, yeah, my feet smell like feet. Well, okay, like, have you ever heard that like 90% of the heat from your body... Escapes? Goes out through your head. Okay. Sure. Do you know why that's not true? Uh, or where it comes from? Do you know the story of it? comes from second grade when I was cold and my friend was like, put the towel over your head. Yeah. Or maybe that was a magic treehouse book, but also my real life. So both. It was both. They did a study, like the army did a study. Yeah. And they, the, the fucked up part of the study was that like they didn't give the subjects hats. Oh. So that's like where that piece of information comes from. It's like a mis- misunderstanding of a what study that didn't go study? well. It was like something to do with body heat and hypothermia. So they give them like coats and pants and then leave their heads exposed. Something like that. Like, well, clearly, the, something the, like that. Your head is basically a chimney, and all the heat yeah. flies right out of it. It's, it's kind like, of, well, it's kind of like they just they did they were looking at one variable and not considering like skin exposure. They yeah. weren't like you know they weren't. It was a bad study. It was a yeah. bad and so but but the thing is, it's not like we we take because we all remember that 
and we don't really get rid of that idea. Sure. And then there's an intuitive part of us that goes, well, your your head's where your brain is, a lot of blood action to the brain. Heat rises. Which heat also rises. You start true. to pull in. But I feel like well, heat rises. No, heat, heat rises. Is true. That, but what are you talking about? I heard recently it's it's not that simple. It's not just like, oh, heat goes up, cold goes down. No, of course not. But we always think of it as just like no, very, but there's like, one-to-one, like perfect. No, I think – I mean like because you're talking <laughs> about like, – I'm, try, I'm trying to think of like why – I mean it is true that heat rises and there's a mechanism by which we can explain yeah, Obviously a hot rises. air balloon rises and all that. But, but there's like a science behind it, right? Yeah. And but there's also a co- more complicated picture because it's not all – Right. The, yeah. Is the energy transfer through the air? Do the physical air particles that are hot move up and the cold ones come down? Or does the energy transfer bounce particle particle? Um, I, I think it has to energy. do with that's so cool. Yeah, I know. I, no, I, I think that. it has to do with. I think it has to do with the air particles and okay. their and their size and structure. There is a fan you can buy in SkyMall mm-hmm. that, according to the diagram, creates a cyclone which shoots up to the corner no. of the room and splits no. and creates a convection oven no. in your house. Nah. Then you can create make cookies nah. by putting this fan in the corner. I uh, you know I don't understand. What? A lot of stuff. Sorry, based on yeah, what we've said. No, I actually today. do. I actually do understand it. This is dumb of me. I understood it as I was about to say that. Uh, you can have a space heater, but having a space cooler is like not as simple. Yeah, but that's because you can heat a heating element and put the kinetic energy into the air and have it spread. But like taking energy out, which is what you need to do to cool it, is harder. You can't just like put a bar of ice in front of a fan and it makes the room cooler. I don't think you're taking energy out. You're you're running you're slowing down the particles. Mm, yeah, but you're doing it by using energy to put hot air over something that cools it. Oh, I know, I know. But I'm saying like like a piece of ice. Yeah, it can cool the air around it a little bit, but like. Yeah, but that's not it an doesn't air radiate use. heat. Right. Like heat is a radiant. If yeah. only one no, of us had a degree in like engineering or thermodynamics. Physics. Yeah. Yeah. My, fr- my best friend in college took heat systems. Yeah. And HVAC. Heat transfer, like that. I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. When when you, that's to They me, just put a bunch of pots on the stove and saw if they got hot. That was the whole thing. And then they gave a degree class. at the end of six mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. No, I kind of, I just think it's like, because uh, I, uh, again, I only can, I can only talk about like other forms of expertise, knowing what I know about my expertise, which is music, right? And what I know about music is, is that you learn a bunch of rules. And then when you actually get closer and closer to the meanings or the, the rules about those rules, you start to realize, oh, it's not really that simple. Oh my god! Right. So when you start to say something like, "Well, um, dissonances resolve to consonances in music," you're like, "Well, that is true, except for a million bedillion cases in which it's not true." I'm kind of mad that you had a really <laughs> valid point right there because Why? I was about to be like, "As you're like the XP's in my XP's is music," I was be like, "Mm-hmm." C is the hottest note. Yes, <laughs> which is like nothing. And you made a really good point. No, absolutely. I think all that's true. Same with actually. Same with English and writing. You learn. You learn. For poetry, for example, you learn formalism and you learn what a sonnet is, and then you actually learn that nothing is truly a sonnet and everything is also a sonnet and everything's a poem. Right. You and made you me make yeah, yeah. anything is anything. Right. And you don't need rhyme and you don't need this and you don't need that. And there's prose poetry, which how is that different from prose? It's not, but it is. Right. It's so like you, all like yeah. way more complicated. You know what you just made me think actually that But what the, I guess the question is like what do other people need to understand? To continue through the world, you know I don't I mean? like. I don't think that that is something that you can arrive at. I think it's conditional. Right. I think it's situational. But what I'm saying yeah. is, when I sleep on a top bunk, yeah, I'm hotter. Yes. 
like physically more attractive on the top. Bunk. <laughs> yeah. When I sleep on the top bunk, uh, when I visit my parents, sleep on the top bunk. I'm hotter. I'm hotter on the top bunk. Yeah. Than I'm on the bottom bunk. Yeah. And all I need to know yeah. is that's because heat rises and cool air sinks. Yeah. Well, that would the be like one of the. System that of, would be one of the reasons. Yeah. The, but the general. Heat, yes, the heat yeah. system of the bedroom mm-hmm. is much more complicated, and why right. the heat's rising is much more complicated. Right. I don't need to know that. What I need to know to continue through my day is like if I go on the bottom bunk, I will be cooler. Mm-hmm. If I open the door to the room, it will create a larger room where the heat will move around, and I will be cooler. You're making me think about a Heidegger thing, actually. Because most people don't need to know much about poetry as I do. <laughs> most people don't need to be pro podcasters like us. Well, no, it's the it's the idea of, of Heidegger has this idea that you only ask knowledge questions in breakdown situations. Like when you're okay, I'm just gonna keep making dumb jokes. So when your car breaks down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What breakdowns? Like when? Oh, I see. Like when you reach the limit of what you know or whatever. Like if you have a the system breaks down or no, it's like, it's like if you have a, um, if you have like a, if you go through a door every day and you use the same knob every day, yeah. you're not thinking about the knob or how it works. Cause you just have like, you're just like, I pull oh, this, yeah. I go through. And then one day you pull the knob and it goes. Chick. And then all of a sudden for Heidegger, you've entered a new mode right. where you're asking questions about the object that are knowledge based. Right. Is this working? Is there a pin here? What is the mechanism yeah. of this thing? Oh. But that the normal mode of living is not to be asking knowledge-based questions. I, it's just to be sure. existing with the thing. I had a know? super fucked up doorknob when mm-hmm. I lived in Harlem, and like the lock barrel one time rotated. Mm-hmm. Like not the not the part where the key turns. No, I know exactly. Like the whole fucking you said barrel. That you used the right word. Yeah, yeah. It would just yeah. rotate around. Yeah, I hate that. And and the doorknob would sometimes it would auto lock, sometimes it wouldn't. We yeah. had to press things, and like it got to the point Nightmare. where at one point I did take the whole doorknob off mm-hmm. and be like. What is this and how does this work? Yeah. So in Heidegger language, that would be called bringing something close for circumspection. I did that. And the only reason why it's important is because... I circumspected the shit out of that doorknob. Heidegger thinks that... I don't think I ever fixed it. Heidegger thinks that our model of thinking is backwards. That we think that we're knowledge creatures. That we go around the world asking knowledge questions, but we don't. We're being creatures. We're not knowledge creatures. Interesting. We have modes of knowledge, but they're secondary. I was actually thinking about this. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, because I was thinking about this. um, Okay. When I was in ninth grade, Uh I was in molecular biology class. Uh And at one point, we learned about what? No. Well, yes. What makes them hot? Uh, no, they're actually cooler. Crinkly. It's cooler. Crinkly. It's yeah. not as hot because it's outside the body. It's an extension of the body wall. No, I know. Take it outside the hot. Yeah, zone. yeah, yeah. The Satoli cells have yeah. to be at a certain. There's, so they have to be cool. Mm-hmm. That's why balls are so cool. Um, but they're also hot. They're so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Okay. So we learned about hype, hyper and hypo. Um, Oh, solutions. What's the two word for yeah, one? Yeah, hyper, hypertonic and hyper. Ah, that's the one. Hyper yeah. and hypotonic solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, isotonic. And, and isotonic. Yeah. So isotonic means if you have two it's solutions across a membrane, it's the same. Yeah. Hypotonic is where it has, let's say, not less, enough of something. Less of the thing. Yeah, less and is hyper. hyper is it has too, too much. Or is hyper too much water? Because tonic, like water, like too much. Well, tonicism has to do with how evenly mixed it is. Exactly. So if it's hypertonic... But so what? I'm not sure. What a lot yeah. of people in my class learned was if you have a porous membrane yeah. and you have two solutions, yeah. they learned hypotonic means the water goes through the membrane this way, and hypertonic means it comes this way. And I was like, that's not 
right. No. They were learning it via this diagram, and they were learning it in this really sort of basic way. Knowledge way. Yeah. yeah no, no, non-knowledge way. Oh. They were learning it by rote or something, and like – so with physicality. Like right. it, they were learning it from left to right yeah, according to a that, scheme that yeah. was physical and Hypo, not – Hypotonic <laughs> means water comes to you. Yeah. And, but they didn't learn that it actually meant – and apparently I did forget a lot of this. But – I remember like thinking about it and actually learning it. So on the tests, the teacher was really big on like rather than just testing that we had sort of memorized the concept, he would give us more application-based questions. Right. And sometimes it made me mad because I was like, we've never seen a thing like this. But then sometimes it was really fun because you actually get to piece it out. And like a lot of my classmates failed that question mm-hmm. about hyper-hypo and isotonic solutions because they – Got stuck they didn't think of it as a system of things. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Or they, they only understood it in one way. So I think yeah. – that's it's interesting to watch you know like today one of my advisors was presenting about an ecological problem and the ecological problem was sanitation mm-hmm. and he kept saying like and when the people pollute that brings the sanitation to the water and i had to stop yeah and be like, yeah you know what sanitation means it's the level of cleanliness good sanitation is very clean bad sanitation yeah. is unclean but sanitation just refers to how clean a thing is. Yeah, what 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 scares me a lot of times with students is that when I get into that part where I'm going, hey, wait a minute, let's talk about sanitation because I want to explain to them that, no, it's a, it's a process, yeah. that it can be this way or that way, and that what scares me as I'm explaining that is like, what if they don't understand the fluidity of this kind of process? What if the building yeah, block, yeah, yeah, what yeah, if yeah. the building block of something being degrees of qualities of something what if that idea is not firm and we're just and we're piling more and more layers on this very fundamental thing that might not be which is why we should teach philosophy not 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 because like it's all hoot and tootin and kids should know aristotle but because the structures of thinking are the things that metacognition is so important it's not metacognition though but it's learning how you learn and learning how you think that but meta if to me applies above almost that you do it after you've cognized and i'm saying that it's precognitive okay that's all i mean i think it's more foundational okay all right i think metacognition is important but it's it's a kind of after process it's almost an assessment thing yeah and Sorry, I didn't mean to get all. I'm just no, thinking about no. this shit. Put it together. Uh, yeah, no, we should. We should. We should. We should teach more to think how, about how you're thinking. But I'm not sure how we do that. It's very hard because it has to be culturally motivated. Like people have to want to care about that stuff mm-hmm. on a more core level. And I don't see people really. Some people do. Some kids do, and those are the kids you can teach it to. And like those kids will like get something, you know. And they, that's and they not. We shouldn't just them. teach the kids that can get stuff, right? No, you should yeah. present it to everybody. But the kids yeah. who pick it up, you should run with them a little further on it. Yeah, you're right. But I, I, know. I know. Some people, some people, you're gonna put it there. You know what? Like you're for example, to them, and in five years, they're gonna go. Oh, that's what he was talking. Yeah. About. So, so, so. But also, I'm gonna say grandpa thing now. Like right now, they're writing this essay. All the seniors about the hate you give, and many of them are writing about this duality idea. Yeah. But their their sense of what duality is is so shallow. Like their discussion of duality, according to the Slipknot song. <laughs> yeah, no, according to them and according to everyone's paper, it's just two things. Yeah, you do too. Well, no, some of them are actually getting deeper with it of like it's a conflict between sometimes two sides of yourself and trying to exist. Yes, but some of them – That's very- good. That's better. But I just feel like it's like, well, why don't we – first off, dialectic, like the idea of having two positions and both positions are trying to persuade each other and neither could be pers- – like why isn't that at the core of what we teach? And then this wouldn't be so hard. Because first of all, that's hard. Second of all, dialectic's not hard. Hold on. 
Second of all, this goes back to what we said earlier. It's people need to know what they need to know. They need to know that they need, we don't need to call it dialecticism, but people need to understand that form of argument. And we don't teach that. Well, even like this class, I just, I feel like is, I just, is, is a bunch of stuff on top of like building blocks that aren't solid. I, I don't disagree with you. Okay. I do agree with you. Okay. But well, my, my actually biggest problem with all teaching is the disciplinization of knowledge. What, what that we that have mean? science classes over here and English is over here and social yeah, studies yeah. here and we yeah. treat them as really separate but when you connect them and see them as one big thing that are much more fluid it's much more interesting but, but in another way but, we're never really teaching anything because all we're teaching is how to be a student that is essentially what we're teaching it's almost like English is like just a flavor of how to be a student sometimes I mean we do teach content but, but actually it's very but, little but sometimes know? well by high school like I think Elementary school is learning how to socialize other people. Middle school is learning good study habits. And then I think high school is where you actually should be learning some content. And then college is where you should really be learning content. I mean, content's a part of all of it, but I just think that... But that's the reason that, like, for example, I learned okay. about, like, the Civil War in 6th grade, 8th grade, and 10th grade. Right, right. And that's okay that I repeated content because each time I came to it with a slightly different yeah. understanding and... You know, like I said. Also, I think, I'm sorry. Like, what eighth grader is going to get the whole Civil War sewed up, such that the next time exactly they exactly visited, it's, it would it's be good, a waste. It's good to cycle back on things. Yeah, spiraling curriculum. Yeah, I see. I had this big debate with my advisory. I don't think we're just teaching how to be students. I I actually I don't think we're that, just teaching that. But I think that because of the level of I mean, just the level of where our students are at. I think I find that that's what they're spending most of the time, their time. And I think that's probably that is true because, because learning English is so difficult that mm, part of what we're building is just study skills that they like, I hate being like, Oh, you could take it to the workplace, but you could take it into different scenarios. You could, I I just, I'm trying to organize a book club right now. And I like sent out a doodle poll and like, I'm going to try to like section the book we're reading and like organize time and communicate effectively via email with people. These are all Skills that I want for my social life. Yeah. And also for work. But also yeah. for my life. But a lot of our kids have like a whole bunch of skills that they don't bring to school because they don't realize that they're – that they could be useful in sure. school. Sure, And then they have – they have an attitude. It's really an attitude problem about school. Sure. That they just want to check the box. Sure. And so – And that that's the issue. I think, I think yeah. student attitude – and yes, obviously schools feed into this. But again, I had this whole debate with my advisees. What is school for? We watched a video that I really hated and because they wanted me to. So I watched it and I did a point by point takedown. It? it was this video called What is School For by this guy, Prince EA, who has never been a teacher. Oh, and he's or like, what's even the point? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking garbage. He, is hot he, bullshit. Is fucking is he a public speaker? Yeah. Motivational oh, speaker. Motivational speaker. He, he was a rapper, but the egoistic he couldn't, pursuit he couldn't of reach he couldn't reach. No, the egoistic pursuit of rap was too hurtful to him. Oh. AKA he was a failed rapper. I really hope that guy I don't even know this guy. I hope he gets no, I don't hope that on someone. I hope he gets double. No, I don't that he hope sits that. on it and he discovers it by no nope. and they crumble like dust. No, see, I'm not about this type of this type of uh, ill will on someone. What I hope is he reaches the limits of his stupid bullshit and has to confront everything he's ever done and go through a reckoning and realize that what he said is dumb. That's fine, but I, I like mine where he's just like, ooh, saved by the bells on, and he sits down. And that's his Man, 
I don't even. I can't. I can't. We can't put that into the universe. Why? I don't know. I just don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm gonna beep it all out. You must. I'm gonna buy you a voodoo doll for your birthday. It'll just scare you. That's fine. I thought you. No, what? that's different. How? Was a physicalization no, of the uh, because, of the idea that you abhor? No, because we don't. Okay, I don't know how to describe this. We don't know this person, and so to wish something like actively terrible upon him, yeah. I think, is like bad and useless. And and it goes around right now. You know, oh god. Anytime somebody does something bad, everyone's like, I hope they get each of their fingers cut off one by one and fed to their pet dog in front of that. It's like, whoa, everyone's going way overboard on like wishing corporal punishment on random strangers who made a mistake. I mean, I don't I don't believe if I if I actually found out that guy had had double ball cancer, I'd be really upset. There we go. So I only say it knowing that I don't mean it. But okay, yeah. People just keep saying it. In a way that they mean it. People, now. I'm sorry, trying to tag other people's actions and behaviors on me. Is that what's going on? Yes. I'm sorry. I don't know if you know this. I'm only responsible for my own actions yeah. and behaviors. Okay, fine. I'm just saying every also time, you. every, every time I read a tweet that is like, you know, they want this horrible thing to befall someone, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I, I hope know. this person's computer explodes in their face and burns them so severely no one ever loves them again. Yeah. That's what you get for tweeting bad things. What if, what if, how about like, I hope this person goes and gets vanilla ice cream and it's, it's uh, lobster flavored. That sounds like it might be okay. And it's it's rotten fish flavored. Okay. Maybe not. Is rockfish bad? Rotten fish. Oh, rotten. You don't know what rock, rock lobsters are? I don't really like lobster. I mean, I've started to come around to it. You know, what's really sad. Lobster's great. There's something called rock lobster that looks like lobster. It looks like lobster. It's not lobster. They will serve it to you. Oh, they'll fool you and it like ruins your intestines. No. It's just bad. There's some seafood, certain fishes, and they say it's salmon, but it's not. It's something else that has a nickname like the gut destroyer or something. Because it fucks up everyone's intestines. That that might be, yeah. That sounds. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that. I have a stomach of iron and steel. What's your favorite fish? Mesh together. What fish do you like? Salmon. Oh, yeah, salmon's good. I love salmon. I like tuna, but. You know, people say tuna is really overfished and blah, 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 ecological disaster, blah, blah. Apparently high, all high mercury ta- count. Mercury as well. Apparently all fish is an ecological disaster. That's why I eat goat now. Not oysters. Sure, not oysters. Oysters are apparently Oysters awesome. are, uh, but they're an economic disaster because they're only for rich people. It's no, a no. joke, Noah. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke. Cleanish. That being said, I published a poem recently about wealth inequality and using food as a metaphor. Mm. Um, called While Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Proposes 70% Tax on the Rich, My Boyfriend and I Eat Chicken and Noodles. That's the title. Yeah. And I considered for an author photo giving a photo of me drinking champagne and eating oysters, which has a context to it. But then I decided that if I'm going to write about wealth inequality, why it's bad, I shouldn't present a picture of myself. Even as a fun joke, like drinking champagne and eating oysters, because everyone's going to be like, this guy is out of touch and what is he to say about anything? But also it positions me as someone who has access to champagne and oysters on a Tuesday evening sometimes. Yeah, but that's not remarkable anymore. I don't even think we know what wealth is. Oh, like us personally? I mean, I think there was a time when like champagne or like a Cadillac, like there was there were literally symbols of wealth, and I don't think they're the same symbols. Yes, but Yes, but I think to certain people still even champagne oyster dinner like, I've been out for dinners that cost, like, $100, you know? Sure. No, well, if More we're talking more, about... Sorry. And, and it's not a it's not a $1,000 dinner. It's not a multi-thousand dollar dinner, which yeah. when I see rich kids on Instagram, whatever, and I'm like, wow, people have so much more money than me. Yeah. To someone who is just getting by, 
there is functionally, in my opinion, no difference between a hundred dollar dinner and a hundred thousand dollar dinner. They're both completely inaccessible to that person. I, I kind of get what you mean. But I was talking to one of my advisees today about how much Yemenis make when they work in the delis. Uh-huh. And most delis pay 700 a week flat rate, which is under the minimum wage. It's roughly 33000 per year. Uh-huh. So I was like talking about my salary being this and that. And then I like looked at what we did the math of what the Yemeni deli salary is. And I was like, oh, and I don't have kids and I don't have this. I don't have that. Like, yeah. Me quibbling over my friends who make twenty thousand more than I do because they work at like a tech startup or whatever, to someone making straight up half my salary. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's all relative. Like yeah, wealth. Yeah, status symbols and wealth are relative. They're yeah. Absolutely. And 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 what to me seems like wealth to someone to whom I seem rich, there's. They see a difference, but they don't like, see a difference. Did you ever hear, like, right-wingers complain about how poor people have flat-screen TVs? Yeah. Do you know why poor people have flat-screen TVs? Why? It's not because they're um, lazy greedy. and bad at spending no. money. Why? Because consumer electronics became radically cheap in the past yeah, 25 sure. years. Sure. So, like, it's it, you could totally buy a $150 Vizio television yeah. and not buy fillings for your kids' teeth. Yeah, yeah. And that no, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yep. You know, and it's all, it's all, yeah. It's all more so that's why I think when people, when people, a lot of times when people try to like come up with the trappings of what wealth looks like, it's really hard. Yeah. You know, one of the best, I mean, right now it's like Supreme one or like, best. it's like brand, it's brand, oh, sure. it's brand related. But even that's like, I mean, Supreme is not as expensive as like other less like Nordstrom, which kids don't care about, right. you know? Yeah. I don't know. One of the best theories I've heard from it um, in a book called Privilege by Seamus Khan. Uh, yeah. I'm going to read it. It's really good. I'll yeah. lend it to you. Um, it's too bad I don't read books by people named Seamus. That's not a real name. Seamus Heaney, Seamus Khan, yeah, Seamus. The other ones? Yeah. Who are the other ones? Um, Seamus Heaney is a guy, Seamus. right? Seamus Heaney is a poet laureate. Yeah, sure. And he also translated Beowulf. That sounds cool. Yeah. Oh, that's what I know. I never yeah. read Beowulf. It's too old. Really, and it's good. You would love it. It's like a fucking anime. I know. That's a, Dragon and oh my god! If we talk about this, what? that stuff like Shakespeare, a Beowulf, and Chaucer take so much work to access the content. But if you do the work, the content is fucking wild. What are you talking about? I love these things. Exactly. I've been trying to tell you the classics are amazing. No, but but it, it takes a lot of work, and sometimes for me, I don't want to do that work to get to the content. But why? I don't know. Because I'm, I'm I'd rather watch an anime that I understand directly. I know, but that I love said, working on something. If you I don't understand, understand, sure. If you understand some of the jokes in like a Shakespeare play or like fucking Chaucer, where he kisses her third eye and she grows a beard because she puts crazy. her butt out the window yeah. and he kisses it. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Or the cook. Do you remember what the cook was? Do you remember the thing with the cook? No. Because it will for, I will say for, we read it in Old English and I kept falling asleep while I was trying to read it. Pounders, are you ready for this? Yeah, Pounders. All right, ready. this is vomit alert. Vomit alert. Are you ready? Uh, okay. The cook has a festering sore on his leg. Yeah. In Chaucer? Yeah. Okay. And he, so it never heals and it's forever overflowing with pus. So you cook it into that? No. Okay. The Chaucer calls it a blancmange. Do you know what a blancmange is? No. It's like an egg yolk pastry. Uh-huh. He describes this guy's wound as a blancmange. Why did I vomit alert? 
because the blancmange is a delicious oh, dessert. Oh, I see. I see and to, to refer to someone's festering sore as a delicious dessert, that's not that doesn't gross you out. It grosses me out no, so deep. It, it actually, I've never forgotten it. It actually makes it better to be. It's like, like saying oh, yeah. it's like saying like I sh- like calling someone who shit their pants like it's like calling them pants flan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. gross. Okay, that's gross. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. 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 Um Yeah, all right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, really um, gross. Right. really gross. Okay. Yeah. I just don't know what Blumanges, so like I don't have that image. He was in my head. like, oh, it, we have to find it because it's okay. gross. Yeah, Founders, look over Blumanges and then imagine it on your leg as a sword. <gasps> gross. Um, wait, I wanted to say something. What were we just talking about? Blumanges, like, oh, Seamus. Oh yeah, Seamus. Seamus Khan's uh, book idea of one of the biggest privilege. things that privilege and wealth brings is mm-hmm. ease. Sorry, ease. Yeah, of course, ease and comfort, and like yeah. that is so much more of a status symbol than an iPhone. And it's less visible. It's almost invisible. But it's like you know it when you once – you've, once you've heard it articulated, yeah. I can like look at people I know yeah. with a lot of like privilege and stuff, myself yeah. included, and be like, oh, I yeah. understand this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And learning how to pass yourself off as having ease is also like a skill that people like try to cultivate. Pass yourself off. See, and this could have been so interesting if we had gotten ease, into it with this mean, hate, these hate you give papers our kids are writing. Because mm-hmm. it's such an interesting idea about, like, what's it mean to be the black girl from the ghetto at the rich white prep school? They do write about that a lot. I know, but, yeah. like, but again, like you said, in a very, like, they just talk about, like, Surfing. duality. And, it's yeah, it's kind yeah. of surfacy. But this is what I'm saying. They needed to know as much as they needed to know to get through that paper. Yeah, yeah. They don't – because they also had to get through a science paper. And they also had to keep doing math class. And they also – like, so, like – I'm okay with the fact that sometimes the things are basic if they also learn the skills of, like, articulating some sort of argument, but I wish they could do better, and I wish we had more time, and I wish everything was better. Yeah, that's how. I, I think it's a healthy thing to want your everything to be more rigorous and more difficult so that we do better work. You know, it's not difficult. You know, but I don't... You know, it's not difficult. And I know this. I'm, again, I'm going to say a grandpa thing. Oh, are you ready? We are a stupid... Culture. Sure. We don't care about knowing things. Sure. We don't care about being smart. We just want to have enough yes to make no. money. Yes. And? We can't control that. Yes, but mm. I believe that every person has at least one thing that they are deeply and truly like knowledgeable about sure. in, a, in a really deep way, and we mm-hmm. don't always see it. That being said, one thing, well, is not I always, mean, one thing is always enough, and like if someone is a science prodigy, they should still go to English class. I agree. But you I can't specialize too early. I almost could tie what you just said into what I just said, which is that I think like if you take a kid who like I think we have a lot of kids who have like some crazed interest in something like let's sure. say like we have a kid. We have kids who are like obsessed with planes or being pilots. Yeah, sure. But they don't connect that love, that curiosity, that love for that particular yeah. knowledge to what goes on here. Yeah. And that's what's important. And that's really a problematic thing. And it's like, and it's not because we don't, we do pursue their interests and use them as starting points for education. We do that. Yeah, we try. The problem is just that it's, it's what Louis CK said in one of his shows. It's, it's like he was at a, a, like a meeting with all these teachers about how to make the school better. And he said, he said, oh yeah, I guess we could make some changes, but you know, we're not going to change the fact that school sucks. And no one liked that. That he said that. And I think the reason is because we kind of all know that it's not that school sucks. We love school. I teach. I'm here all the time. But I think we have an attitude as a culture that school sucks. 
Sure, sure. And I think that's why kids don't bring their love for airplanes to school because school sucks. Right. I'm not going to bring my airplane shit to school. Right. And Let them ruin it. And this is the this is the thing I've, I tried to point out to my advisors is like school doesn't suck. You gotta suck your teeth because I mentioned Louis C.K. So he's just like he's gone now. We just like he's evaporated. Well, I'm not above people committing egregious things and like atoning and coming back and doing the right thing. He is not really trying to do that as far as I've seen. But I don't even care. I'm just pointing to something he said that relates. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. And you know what? Part of me was, I was sucking my teeth because I knew that people listening to this would suck their teeth. So I had to express disapproval to gain the approval of hypothetical listeners who I don't even know. I guess. Yeah. I'm saying it's a fucked up thing that I'm doing. Oh. (laughs) And and, and that I feel that way. No, I mean like, I don't want to, I'm not interested in like defending Louis CK. I'm just saying like. What he said was valid. That's a valid thing. That, 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 who cares if he said it? Like, that's just a thing that that, that relates to what I'm saying. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. We're done. No, we need to have a word from our sponsors. Okay. Okay. That was the word. Okay, we need to talk about what is not hard, which Ooh. is Interpol's fucking antics, Noah. Oh, all right. Okay. I know. Sponsors. Sponsors are great. I was about to say sponsors are dumb, but they're not. They're great. I love your sponsors. We're going to see Interpol. Yeah, next month. I have a question for this segment. We can make it really okay, quick. Sure. Okay. We're gonna make we're gonna we're gonna make an estimate right now. How many songs from Antics they play? Yes. And the number is between zero and eleven. Sounds right. Okay. I think they will play six. I think five. Okay, good. Yeah. That so is... we'll report back to you. And that's not because there are only five or six good songs on Antics. Not at all. But just when you have a discography as big as theirs, yeah. and Antics came out that far ago, and in an hour and a half show, two hour show. I don't know why you're defending our very practical estimate. I think we made a most, very practical Mostly to estimate. sort of extend the segment. Oh, I see. I see. And talk more about Antics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fully good album. Yeah. Soup to nuts. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. You're yeah. defending the parts that they might not play. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. saying we can, our segment has to be a review of Interpol's Antics. And we're, the review is not only six songs are worth playing at a concert. Not at all. It's 11 songs are worth playing, but they probably will play five or six. Yeah, yeah. They might not be the ones that we think. It might not just be like... Do you think? Do you think when you evil write a, do you think when you write a song like Evil or whatever, like like I saw MGMT in concert one time, and they, it, I was love after, them. it was after their second album, and they came out and did Kids as an encore, but they just came out and sang along to a backing track, and I felt the vibe from them the whole time of like, Ugh, I can't believe we have to do this right now. Yeah, they were just throwing the audience a bone. Like, do you think when you write a song that's super good, you're like so mad that you have to do it every time? Yeah. Cause, and then and then here's the other question. I think it happens a lot. Here's the other question. Yeah. Do you owe it to your audience to do that? Or are you allowed to do whatever weird concert you want to do and the audience should be into that? I think Or you... and do different artists have to – like Death Grips can do their thing. But if Britney Spears – well, she just canceled Big Red. Well, I was going to say I but think – But if Britney Spears came out and was like, I want to do all jazz reinterpretations yeah. of my – least popular album well i don't know right is that her prerogative it's you're asking the question in a weird direction i think i think it's more like artists tend to have like um a general way of filling the role of being a pop star sure and that, that they make decisions against the background of the decisions they've made in the past so somebody like madonna 
Is she an entertainer? Yes. But part of her entertainment is that she's always trying to kick very big ideas to the public. Yeah. So she wants to bring like Ankhs and you know, Egyptian futurism and Kabbalah. She's bringing really esoteric ideas to her people. Right. So I don't, I couldn't see her being someone who would be like, I'm going to continue doing material girl. Strong African woman. She should be bringing Egyptian futurism. (laughs) No, but I'm saying, I feel like she's interested in following her own star. She's the kind of artist that like, I follow my interests and my audience follows me. Bjork's like that. Bjork's like, I follow my interests and my audience follows me. But then there's like somebody like Prince who just, just looks at his audience like fish in a barrel and so he's or, or like Pr- bruce springsteen right so what bruce springsteen yeah. is doing with his audience is he's like hey everybody watch me blow your fucking sensors yeah, apart yeah. right because i know I'm how to put on it. a show yeah i know how to gauge when you're at the maximum and then push it so that your maximum breaks yeah, yeah sure so i think it's different you know yeah and i think you can get trapped into your like i feel like i feel like mgmt trapped themselves in kids Mm-hmm. Kids was such a good song that was very different than some of their other stuff. Yeah. Well, most people, they get a hit and they're happy to have a hit, but right. then they're upset when the they hits went. Yeah. Exactly. They have to do the hit. Yeah. Um, play the and hits. no hit. No hit is good enough that you can play it every single night and not get sick of it. Right. I mean, there's no. But that being said, you know, for every audience, yeah. that might be the one show they're at. So do you always owe it to them to do a certain thing? I'm like this in poetry. I don't know. I, I don't know. I do, I do a lot of weird – I make a lot of weird choices and that's yeah. why I don't get that far in slams because I like – I don't know. One slam master said I kept shooting myself in the foot. I'll make choices that are bad. I mean it's weird. The audience only in a way, in some but ways – happy. In some ways the audience only exists so you have someone to do something in front of, right? Yeah. That's one way of thinking about it. But then another way of thinking about it is that if they weren't there, you would have no reason to be there. Right. So there's some sort of beautiful tension whereby – Everybody has a gun to everybody's head in this situation. You know you what I mean? Here first, pounders. We have a gun to your head. You have a gun to our <laughs> head. Our guns are two of them, and they're in your ears. They yes. are your headphones. Ge- gun phones. Unless you're playing this on a speakerphone or a laptop, or you have over your headphones. Either way, we have a gun to your head, and you have a gun to ours. Or Thank overall you. headphones. We are gonna. They come up out. from where the overalls attach at your shoulders. Mm. They extend. Is this a new invention? Your, yeah, overall new invention. Overall headphones. Okay, headphone rolls. Oh, phone rolls. That's it, man. Phone. phone oh, I like the headphone. Headphone rolls. I like the first one. Better. Headphone rolls. All right, founders, yeah. go out and buy yourself a pair of headphone rolls. Yeah, man. To listen to this. Yeah, buy the prototype. Prototype's available soon. Do you think there's earbuds that look like two little guns in your ears, and it's like a statement on the music industry? Mm. And also how all of teenagers these days are playing their music so loud they're all going to have hearing problems when they grow up. I do. I think I have about 20%. Oh, yeah, probably. Loss. I think my hearing is actually a little fucked up, but actually surprisingly good considering I played drums without earplugs. I'm convinced. Years. I'm convinced that my hearing's fucked up because everyone tells me I speak loud all the time and that's not my experience. Oh, pounders. Wow. Yeah. Way in on that I'm one. pretty kind of deaf. Okay. A little bit. I used to play stop. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening along at home, I just mouthed words that Noah didn't say anything. <laughs> all right, Pounders. This has been a mega just deluxe kidding. edition. You all heard it. I winked at you guys. You can, no, no, this is bad. Yeah, this has been a mega deluxe edition. Deluxe edition, man. Deluxe edition. This dinner break, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. All right, I got to go I got to call my super because there's water in my closet. You're super. But not a water closet. But I'm going to call him later. Lunar New Year, probably. Anyway, um, good night, Pounders. Good I'm night. Me, I'm Brendan. And I'm Noah. Pound down. Pound down. So, we do have to sign off. Thanks. That was a great episode. Please keep...